Hey there. You got a bunch of leads, but too swamped to make heads or tails out of them? When it comes to sealing the deal, you just throw out a number and hope for the best? Well, it's time to change that too. Welcome to the Million Dollar Pipeline Challenge, tailor-made for the home services and remodeling pros just like you. We're cutting through the clutter, showing you how to chat with your customers and nail your pitches and boost those conversions. No more guesswork, just solid strategies to grow your business. Tune in to transform your approach and let's build that million dollar pipeline together. Text the word money to 844-949-1984. That's the word money to 844-949-1984 to begin your million dollar pipeline challenge today. Welcome to Blue Collar BS, a podcast that busts the popular myth that we can't find good people. Highlighting how the different generations of today, the boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z are redefining work. So that the industrial revolution that started in the U.S. stays in the U.S. Welcome to the show, Brad. Glad to have you back. Glad to have you back as well, Mr. Stephen Doyle. Uh, you know, new format's tricky for you, isn't it? (laughs) It is. You know, there is a countdown. It is. You know, you know, I am from Michigan, mid Michigan, and you know, math. When we count down, sometimes we're a little slow. So, you know, we'll get through that. It's all. But welcome back to the show. It is fan. I'm glad to be back. I am very excited about our guest today as he came through uh, another contact that we had on the show a while ago. Uh, he's supposedly a Gen Z superstar recruiting manufacturing guru from uh, what Damon has told us. And I am very excited to have Matt Goosey here today to share his journey, his story, um, what he's done, what he's the struggles, all the things he's done to bring in young talent into a blue collar workforce. Matt, so glad to have you today. Well, thanks for having me guys. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm a little better looking and a little bit better than Damon because I'm a Packer fan and <laughs> we have a, we have a winning team and he has a losing team. <laughs> oh, wow. We're going right after it. Right off. the so, I love it. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. So we have two really losing teams on this call. Well, cause I'm a lions guy. And so Ooh. is, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So here's the good thing, though. Nobody hates the Lions. They just go, oh, you're a Lions fan? Oh, that's too bad. Right. (laughs) We like our our two wins every year. Exactly. I don't blame you. (laughs) Yeah, no no blame game there. So, Matt, first thing we always like to start the show off on is just a little identification so our listeners really understand who our guests are. So first question we always ask is which generation do you fall in line with? Um, I think I'm more in the tail end of a baby boomer and I think it's a Gen Z. Gen X. Kind of be- Gen, Gen X. X. Gen X. Yep. Gen Z is what I hire, but Gen X. So I'm kind of <laughs> in between. <laughs> yeah. So you're right there with Brad. Perfect. Yep. yep. Exactly. Not like you, Steve. Yeah, whatever. yeah whatever so um so yeah thanks for coming in today and and joining us on the show uh what as as you've been recruiting and finding your young talent and going forward with it what have been some of the challenges you've had to face to create the attraction or the environment that they want to be in yeah it's like everybody else you know the challenges were were there you know it's uh, 
the big thing, it's a, you know, like everybody says, it's this dirty, grimy job and it's the mentality is it's for people that can't handle college. That's, that's their next choice in line. And the, so when you talk to parents and you talk to students, they think they're going to get thrown to skilled trades. That's the only thing left for them. That's probably the biggest challenge I've had. But once, you know, you bring people in here, you, first of all, you show them what you're making and what is, what we're doing. They're like, Whoa, you know, that kind of like, well, they step back. Well, then you start talking about wages and salaries compared to what some people in four-year colleges who can't find jobs. And then they take another step back and then now you kind of got their attention. So once you got over that hurdle, to be honest with you, the rest kind of comes easy. Um, so, yeah, but, looking at your website of MRS Machining, um, my guess is that you could probably, you know, eat lunch off the floors around there. Uh, it looks pretty clean, pretty organized, uh, very well maintained, and it's not dark, dirty, and dangerous anymore. Uh, some of the perceptions are out there. Yeah, LED lights sure help. Come a long way. <laughs> In my bald head. <laughs> Reflection, right? We got to get that yeah, light going. Exactly. So so once you get past the, oh, this stuff that we do is really cool, how do you get how do you get them to say yes? How do you get them to try the internships? How do you get them to try their hand at it to see if they're any good? So first thing we do is we give tours. You know, I get the high school kids. If they're in high school, we bring them in here, we give them tours. Um, if they're off the street or people that, you know, that's, don't really know much about manufacturing. We bring them in here. I give them a tour, show them what we do, explain what we do, and how it's like at every every day at MRS. And then I tell them to go home and think about it. Well, on top of that, we do two other things. Um, that's kind of this is kind of the secret sauce I call it. If we we give them a meal, that's food. They'll never forget that. And then we give them a T-shirt. We have a little care package. Well, now I've got really got their attention. Then I tell them to go home and think about it. And then we, they, they, they're interested, you know, I follow up with them a couple of times. Then I ask them to come here in job shadow and I'll, you know, I'll provide them a meal. I ask them to stay here for at least four hours. We'll give them a little money to come in here for their time. And, you know, we just kind of like float them around, get to meet everybody, show them what we do, show them how the machines run. Then I tell them to go home and think a little bit more about it. Well, some people get really excited and want to jump right in. But, you know, it's a, if it's a career thing, it's if you're changing a job, you have to, you know, think your way through it. You just can't be jump right into it because I don't the worst thing is for us to put a lot of time into somebody. Or we put time into you and then 90 to 60, 90 days, it's all gone. It just that's wasted money. But once we get over those hurdles, well, then we start talking about employment. And, you know, at, after we get them attracted, once they get here, they we have such a great culture. That's the key is the culture. Make it fun, you know. If work is not fun, then why why go to work? Or so right. um, you're, you're making a lot of cool stuff in that facility. Um, how as you created your secret sauce and and made that realization that you needed to do something different, how did some of the more tenured employees react to bringing these kids in here who don't know anything and they're just wasting my time and I can't make my rate and you know I'm gonna slow me down or whatever those whatever those excuses may have been early on. Well, that, I, we don't have a lot of excuses because everybody here is kind of on the same, we're all on the same page. You know, we all want to get better and we, you know, we're working 50, 60 hours and that, that gets kind of have to burn out after a while. If we can bring some really superstar in here that can help that and make more money and more profit for everybody and lower some of the hours down, 
that, that they're all on board. And that's why when we have an interview process, it ain't just what I interview. We I interview as a team. So everybody kind of takes a stab at them and, and then we sit and discuss about it. And it's, it's more of a team effort than it is an individual effort. And that was probably one of the best things I did. I would hire somebody and I would really feel great. And boy, did I get burnt a few times. <laughs> you think you got a superstar and then you find out all the red flags after they come on board. And that just, that wastes everybody's time and energy. But, you know, if everybody gets the same feeling, it's usually, it's it's dead on. And then, you know, if we get a, there's four of us that are interviewing them and, you know, two of the four, then we discuss a bit more. But sometimes it's usually we're all feeling the same. We're all feeling good. It, it usually works out. But, you know, for every success story, I always tell people, even in business, there's always some unsuccessful stories. And <laughs> I could explain them. You know, one time we've hired a guy. He, you know, he said everything right. He passed all our tests. We actually make him take a physical test, a math test, then a machine test, and just got to see where they're at. He hit them all on, on board. And he got here the first week, and he did wonderful. Well, then it just slid right downhill. So we do we do fail. Um, but I guess just the young kids, you know, kids these days want attention. It just seems like right. when we grew up, when I grew up as a kid, we all played, neighborhood kids played, and we were outside giggling and laughing, and we all knew each other. Kids don't have that no more. It just seems like they're on their phones and staring at something, and they're missing that social part. So once you bring someone in here and show them that you care and show that you're doing cool things, it's like it's like a big playground, I always tell people, and we get paid for doing it. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So one of the things that you had mentioned a little bit earlier was your culture, having a fun culture and how it connects with Gen Z. Can Would you mind elaborating a little bit more what you mean by a fun culture? Um, you know, we just, be, first of all, you got to be kind of flexible, you know, and if people had any days off or they have family problems or something, you kind of, kind of work around that. They can, you know, coming a little later, coming a little earlier, but we're flexible. Um, you know, it's we have a lot of cookouts. We have a cookout usually every week. We have we have a snack bar. We have a treat bar. Um, Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> and then we know we we have a bonus pool. We get forty percent of the profit back. But we just we well, just that's huge. Oh yeah, I mean, when I I tell people well, I, when we did that when I did that I don't know. I can, I mean, I could sit here an hour and talk about my story, but just briefly, when I did that in 2017, I started to tell everybody, I'm going to give everybody 40% of the profit. My productivity went up 20%. I had 20% mm -hmm. more going out the door just because now just as if they scrap a part or parts aren't getting out the door, it's affecting their pocketbook just as much as mine. I'm happy yeah. well, in a way and they're happy. And, and, you know, so when they're making parts, they get now that, that, that craftsmanship comes out because if, I always tell people, would you, that part you're making, would you actually buy that part? And if they have to say no, well, then we have to fine tune a little bit. But now they're, they're putting 100% quality in that part because it's affecting their pocketbook. Customer don't buy it, rejects it. Well, then we got a problem. Right. It's costing everybody money. But, you know, some of the, I can tell you, you know, when you hire, our average age here is 32. Okay. So, and, you know, we take in all these, I take in internships and we should try for three over the years now last year we took six and uh it's it's good and bad uh i guess being a younger workforce you got two problems 
<laughs> you got people getting married and then yeah. they have babies. Yeah. And uh, so that's uh that's always a fun challenge to get her on that. You know, when someone leaves it's gone for a couple of weeks, that that's that kind of really hurts everybody, especially when you're really skilled in one area. Mm-hmm. But on the backside of that, we, what we've done is we um, standardize all our controls and all our machines. So when someone gone, someone's gone, our machine breaks down, we can backfill that in, and it's not it's not even a hiccup. So just kind of like standardize everything as much as we can. Most guys won't even consider that because it's oh it's too expensive to change all the controls out or to run everything all the same. Because why would I want to do that? You just hit exactly why you want to try to make sure that everybody's controls are the same because now anybody can go run that machine. <clears throat> a lot of places will be, well, that, that's my machine. It's Bill's machine, and Bill only runs this particular controller. And Well, guess what, Bill? You need to learn because you, you're not the one that actually invested in the equipment. It's my business, not yours. Um, so kudos for you for making that change to uh, standardize because yeah. I see that as a yeah. roadblock in a lot of other shops that I talk to. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things you talked about in your uh, the release form of things, I guess this question just was intriguing to me. Why I like women in manufacturing? So I'm I'm very curious as to why that question was there and what you're seeing difference between male and female behaviors uh, in your industry. I, I'm attracted to well to women in the workforce because it's really a male dominant sport and it's not sport but a, a culture, yep. manufacturing I mean, industry or skill or career trying to change that because what I found over the years, you know, actually MRS stands for a woman owned company. That's just how my dad and me started it way back in the day. And what, when I started hiring women out in the shop, the first thing I noticed is their skill level. And I'm like, and their parts are always perfect and always the bird and they're always in line and organized. And I'm mm-hmm. sitting there going, where is that coming from? And then one day it kind of clicked on me because my daughter does makeup and hair. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I get it. Because, you know, they do their hair, they do their makeup, and they, everything's got to be just perfect and neat. Well, that applies to their machining and their parts or making their parts or manufacturing parts. Bingo, you know. So, and then another thing women can do is that they seem like they can do like 20 things at once. Or I can only do maybe two. If I'm going to third, I'm, my, my mind is like <laughs> frazzled. Right? <laughs> yep. When I, I hate when to I say it. When I mentioned the robotics program down here, um, when we got women that wanted to be in the machine shop, we were very, very excited because uh, they asked the question as to what what it meant, right? If they didn't understand the drawing or something didn't make sense, they'd ask the question instead of making the assumption. If something went awry, they would stop and assess versus just go faster. Um, we're going to make sure that we make it right versus make it twice. Um you know, whereas the young guys were, I know what I'm, I'm not going to go ask that question. I, I know what this means, you know, wanting to be that smartest person in the room. And uh, the women that we had that were in our, in our machine shop, they weren't that way. They were, no, let's, let's do the right thing. And sometimes it was a little bit slower, but at the end it was faster because it was right. You, you take that calm, cool, collective approach and get things done correctly. And that five minutes that, seems like everybody's wasting time was all time saved and money saved at the same time. Now, if they break a nail, that's like a tragedy. But once you get around that, you're doing good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's same theme. Have you noticed, have you had the opportunity to notice um, if based on the generation that they're in, has there also been a difference in, I would say their work performance? Um, uh, 
I think women have been pretty standardized that you just, you have to get the right individual. Mm -hmm. Um, that seems to be a little tougher. I mean, one, I mean, we've been hiring women for probably for 25 years now. And, you know, be, you come in here, you're going to be shocked because our general manager is a lady, our front lady, desk lady is a lady, our scheduler is a lady, our quoting and sales and material buyer is a lady. And you're just like, wow, how can this be? Then we got a couple of machinist ladies out on the floor. Congratulations. And, you that, know, that's spectacular, man. That is so exciting because it is yeah. not, it is different. Yeah. And so sometimes they can become mother hens out on the floor, I call them, but that's good. Keeps, keeps us guys in line. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it seems like back 20 years ago, the women were more, you know, you know, more, but now they're kind of like they're a little more laid back, I think. Cause I don't, I, I think cell phones, you know, one thing I always told my old, my last, my old football coach, why does football change? I'm a football referee, by the way. And he goes, those damn round bales. <laughs> It changed everything <laughs> today. Today, I think it's those damn cell phones. You know, everybody's so dang addicted to those things. And I, I grant, it, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of it as anybody else. But it just seems like some people just can't set those things down. I see women all seem to be a little more addicted to them. I think sometimes than guys. That's just what I see. I don't know if that answers your question or not. In general, so, yeah. I, yeah. It, just really looking for because we we went down that path of gender is really just seeing, Hey, do you see any gender differences in the generations? Um, and really what you've kind of explained is not really other than, you know, the use of cell phones and the use of technology. So along that same vein, how has the use of technology helped the younger generation in MRS machining? Oh, that, that, and that's been wonderful because, you know, a cell phone is a library. You know, before when we were, when I grew up, we didn't have it. We'd have to go to the library. We had to trade magazines, look at it. Well, now you got it's instantly on your phone. You just Google it, and boom, you have everything you want to know and learn. Or you have a text message if you want to get a hold of the tool salesman, even the customer. You know, we're a little bit different. We have computers in all our cells here, and then we inside our computers we have um a little thing called we call Ab Notes. It's kind of a mm -hmm. little homemade system we have. So we can just type in and instantly goes to that person to get instant information. It's kind of like a text message on your phone. Okay. That, that, that's been huge because instead of walking around the shop for 25 minutes looking for something or trying to find that person, you can just go over to your computer and send a little text and instantly comes up. And I mean, some corporations have their own cell phones and do that, but this is on right. our, our main drive. That So that that's that's helped a lot. But the cell phone thing is the instant you know, some I used to ban cell phones here, and I, <laughs> it's a safety hazard. It's a noise distraction. Distraction. Yep. And nowadays, you, I mean, it, it's so hard to get away from it and discipline it. It, it, you know, it denies the culture. I just asked two people. I asked them a few things. I said, your machine's got to be running, and it better be work related, and. And never should become a safety factor and never take a picture of a part and text anybody. If that happens, well, then we're going to discipline it. And everybody signs it. You know, we have them sign a document that they're doing that because, you know, it's it's we sign NDAs with customers. And it's hard to police that. But I think everybody here is willing. You know, we live in a rural area and, you know, there's good and bad to that. The, the, I mean, the, the bad, I guess, is everybody knows what color underwear you're wearing every day because we're right. so small and so tightly niched. And if something like that gets out. Everybody knows. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, um, we don't like brown underwear. <laughs> <laughs> or yellow. Or yellow. <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> I'm we're just seeing how we're going to market this we're, one. We're going right to see how we're going to take this in here. It kind of it's a bizarre transition, but we'll go with it. Um, <laughs> in your form again, you talked about creating a new box, you know, and and getting people to think differently about manufacturing. Um, what are some of those stories of how you got people into manufacturing by creating this new box, as you call it? Um. Yeah, you know, everybody thinks things outside the box or around the box. And we just, I threw that out the door and started doing my own way. The big thing was getting into schools. How do you get into school? You'd have to call the school. You'd have to make an appointment, try to get all the principal, the superintendent. And, you know, it takes months. Sometimes it, you don't get a call back. That's why I come, I got an officiating. Um, what best way to get into officiating? See potential employees on the field, on the court. They have good sportsmanship. They're team players and everything you want in a sport you want. Well, and then your coach, you get to know the coach a little bit. Hey, coach, can I come talk to your players about rules, team building skills, and why this, what you're doing on the field is just as important as it's going to be in the workplace? Well, the next day you're in the back door. Boom. You know, so that's kind of a that new. awesome. And, you know, that's that's how I go. I, like I say, I never take no for an answer. You know, I, I'll I'll. I'll hit the wall. It's like you hit something and you bounce around. So I'll just go bouncing somewhere else until I find a way in. You know, I, back in the day, I had a teacher telling me that I was going to be a loser and I wasn't going to get nowhere. And at that time, I thought it was horrible. But today, I thank him for it because it really, it woke me up and saying, hey, if I do the, what he's telling me, I will be end up like a loser. And don't listen to, if you believe in something and you set your goals high, go after him. You know, no, no fear. That's probably another problem with the young young people I have here. They're, they don't have any fear. Uh, that's good or bad, but you know when <laughs> you're young, yeah, you know, and they'll, they'll do it. I mean, they'll just they'll be machining something or making something, and they'll just like we can do it better. And they they just take them tools and that machine right to the they'll redline it. But that's good. That's what I want. You know, if they burn a cutter up, so what? At least they're learning and getting better. And all in the school, you know, like I got the school over there at Cardinal. You know, we have a job shop in a school. You know, they're really my competitors, but like I tell people, I'm threatened by a bunch of high schoolers that are there two hours a day. I got other problems. And, you know, <laughs> how can... you do. <laughs> yeah. And how do you run a business in a school? Well, Greg Craig Krakowski has done a wonderful job. And we just, the book just got released yesterday and, and that'll be at IMTS this year and they'll be handing them out. So it tells you about Very how cool. you start, how to do it. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful book. I just kind of proofread it this morning and last night so you'll have to look for that but that's been a one that's my farmer club you know that's my that's where i let them learn make mistakes you know handle the customers it's really like their own business over there well then when they come here they if they go somewhere else in life they they got all those soft skills they you know they how to interact with people they know how to handle the customer they know what deadlines mean and everything a business owner wants for a, a superstar employee. They've, they got that underneath their belt already. And now I just have to teach them a little bit of the hard skill and get out of the way. So those are some of the things. That's spectacular. So how, if somebody wants to um, get a hold of you or learn more, or be able to share some of that additional secret sauce, have some other conversations with folks. Um, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you, Matt? I want to go back to technology. Google my name, Matt Goosey. Um, <laughs> <It's G-U-S-E. laughs> you'll find oh, more yeah. stuff on there good or bad 
LinkedIn is another way to reach out to me. Because, uh, so. yeah, you've got so much to offer. Um, we could have this show go on for another two hours based on what the, just the questions that are there and some of the stories that I think would come out of the answers from those, some of those questions. Um, but that's uh, that might be for another show. The what what's the biggest thing you were looking forward to as as your younger folks that were 18, 19, 20, and now you said average age 30, as those individuals move into their late 30s, early 40s, what are you most excited about? I'm just seeing them grow and be, you know, be successful and learn more and get better and, you know, be able to raise a family, buy a house, do the American dream. And, you know, I, I always tell people um, I, I'm happy for people's success and they succeed. You know, it's not all about me. It's about them. And I just, it's just so nice because uh, some of these people I hire kids and off the street, you know, they, they've gotten some bad situations and you just need to grab a hold of them, put their arm around them and, let, let find their gifts and talents and let them be fruitful and then they just pros, prosper and, and then just get out of the way <laughs> so i'm excited for that you know grow and develop it's like a kid when you have a kid so yeah yep both of mine are now members of society one's in florida one's in minnesota and they're out on their own doing their own thing it's like okay i did my job right now yep. now it's up to them <laughs> to do what they need to do to, to make their lives what they want them to be not what i want it to be so that's that's awesome leadership matt you're instilling some great leadership and belief systems into these kids to to move forward and not have it be less than but creating more than for these young men and women so thank you for what you're doing no well thank you for what you guys are doing too getting our get, letting us be able to share to other people how we can help each other because you know we're all in this together in the usa stuff that going against each other it that's not going to get us nowhere and we shouldn't be jealous of each other we should be happy and and help each other and yeah. get those things made in the usa that's what i'm about your yours high school cardinal um has absolutely no bearing on what happens here in, in Heartland or Hartford or some MPS program here in southeastern Wisconsin. We're not going to compete against each other because we're four and a half hours away from each other um, in that space. And if somebody wants to take up that advantage and try to create that advantage, create a deeper pool, we should be there supporting each other. So I couldn't agree more. All right, Matt, thank you so much for being on the show today. We appreciate yep. it. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Blue Collar BS, brought to you by Vision Forward Business Solutions and Professional Business Coaching, Inc. If you'd like to learn more on today's topic, just reach out to Steve Doyle or myself, Brad Herta. Please like, share, rate, and review this show as feedback is the only way we can get better. Let's keep blue-collar businesses strong for generations to come.